With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So how is the Phaeton suspension doing, by the way? Many of you are very concerned. I'm concerned. No, actually, That's all that, people that, want to know about. It's just an hour really, of it's the just gonna be, suspension. It's just going to be an hour. Of, no, it's really not. The suspension is being <clears throat> fixed, worked on. <laughs> the, the O4s, I've mentioned this before. The O4s Yikes. were known. This was the fail point of the O4s, was the suspension, specifically the right front strut. But they're symbiotic, wonder, so they all go down. Do you go, know why it's down. that particular strut? I don't know. I'm sure somebody knows, and you will probably write to me, and that would be helpful. But the front struts fail, and it's not that uncommon. It happens on the Bentleys of the same era, too, interestingly. Oh, enough. it does? Yes, okay, it does. no, I'm not gloating because everybody says, aha, it's the Phaeton broke first. Well, no, as soon as I start going, the Maseratis, no. Yeah. I'm hoping. As soon as look, I do any of that, I, I'm, I'm actually spending show money to get these fixes done right. Mm-hmm. Because my hope is, since this is the known fail point of the car, that it's just going to run after this. But we'll see. We'll see. Ideally. But yes, the yes. other thing is I had a few little electrical gremlins. So I had them start with the, count them, two batteries in the trunk. This car has two batteries. <laughs> the one on the right, if you open up the trunk, the one on the right side of the trunk is a normal size battery that starts the car. The one on the left side of the trunk is a larger, heavier duty battery that runs all the electronics in the car. Ah, uh, Ferdinand. And as I said before. What hath ye you, Seriously, as I said before, if, if the right battery doesn't want to start it, you can actually tell the car by turning the key to the left first. You can tell the car, by the way, ask the left battery to help you. Okay, so I have to know, mm-hmm. there's so many little tips and tricks and user things like that yeah. that nobody who drives any other car on the planet would ever know. Is there some sort of published list? Is is it the forums? It's sort of the long list of, oh, you got to turn the key to the left first to tell the car to use the other the, thing. And is there a long list of all these little quirks on the forum, and habits? On the forum, I have seen a things you should know, how to set up your fate and kind of stuff. Also, it came with a, by the way, still in the packaging when I got the car, a DVD. The two owners that had the Phaeton had never opened the DVD. Imagine Don't need this. Imagine for a second. Imagine four by three shape. It's not even sixteen by nine. Four by three standard definition DVD shot by some sort of German production company. Maybe a U.S. Oh, you opened it. Oh, I, watched, I thought you were going to preserve it, it for no, the car. No, 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 no. <laughs> I watched thinking, it. I'm watching. This it. is an arc. This is an this, heirloom. This for footage the car. will be included in some of the pieces because oh, it is riotously funny. Oh, of good. actors doing a very marginal job <laughs> and a guy standing there telling you about your Phaeton. I am Fantastic. loving it. Fantastic. My son and I watch it for a laugh every night, like like one little section just for a laugh. <laughs> just anyway, watch some Phaeton brochure. But the footage. first thing I did was I had my mechanic uh, replace both batteries because when the batteries start to go bad on the Phaeton, it leads to to all kinds of crazy little gremlins. <laughs> so before we fix the suspension problem, I thought, let's just make sure it's not even just battery-related first, because sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, mm-hmm. the Phaeton talks sure. about it. People talk sure. about, hey, my front struts have gone, gone awry. People's first question is, how old are your batteries? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had them change both batteries. <clears throat> One of them, it was discovered. By the way, it won't be an hour of Phaeton talk, I promise. One of them, it was discovered. At some point in this car's life, boiled over. And when it boiled over, the acid went down into the tray that the battery was sitting in, and the battery was fused to the car. Awesome. So first things my mechanics had to do, they actually had to charge some labor because they had to get some guys on this problem. I was going to say, they had to chip that thing out of there. they had to chip the battery out of the car. So thank God it didn't do that. So both the batteries are in, and the car is actually healthier as far as the way it acts. Its attitude's improved. Let's put it that way. It's no longer a a teenager. It's now now okay. (laughs) It's acting its age. they did put it up on the lift. They confirmed that the suspension is not going any farther up. We think, because it got here and it was working, we Uh think it is the fact that when I got it off a truck and had it off all the first weekend, it was like 50, 60 degrees. Since a car from Florida, the following couple of days it went to twenty. Yeah, yeah I think that, that was the death blow on the air suspension to yeah. be like, and I'm done. So they confirmed that both of the front struts are leaking. One of them, the right one, of course, has failed. So I am getting brand new struts put in. These I love how cheap. they failed immediately after you bought it too. Oh yeah. How oh, did yeah. the how did this used car dealership figure that out? Well, I don't know. Yeah, but it's temperature. Honestly, it's though, temperature. it's temperature. I think yeah. if I would have bought it and stayed in the south, I'd still be driving you, on. You'd be fine. Yeah. But so I'm getting new front struts that will be in sometime this week, and then hopefully the car will be healthy and will be driven much. And I will update you guys with video behind this, talking about costs and madness, and it all begins. It all begins. I, I'm excited to get it back. I genuinely am. Yeah, no, you are. Well, the QP5 is going in for winter tires tomorrow, and then the only winter tires that I could find are actually the Michelin Alpine Alpine tires 
and they're <clears throat> not inexpensive. Mm -hmm. They're rather expensive, as a matter of fact. And those were the only ones we could find that would have that Fit fitment. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the Hacapolitas. I was looking for the Hacapolitas, and I just wanted to work that into a sentence. You just wanted to be able to say the words Quattroporte and Hacapolita in the that same That would sentence. be nice. Would be pretty cool. But yeah. unfortunately, they couldn't get them, and we need them immediately because it is starting to actually turn in, oh, in big Utah time. here. Big time. So, yeah. yeah, that'll be on winter tire soon, and otherwise, she's running. It still has that really nasty rattle on the startup. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. It's so disconcerting, <laughs> and it diesels for a while. It like, still has your CEL, right? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, I forgot to tell you. It fixed itself? It fixed itself. Of course it did. I looked in the Maserati owner's manual, and uh -huh. it says, if the problem clears up, the CEL <laughs> will turn off. Congratulations. And I thought, that's got to be a first in the history of Maserati where a CEL cleared up on its own. <laughs> awesome. But, but back to what you've said before, I think both the problem with both these cars is that neither one of There's them There's only driven one? Much. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like the, the headline problem is that neither one of them has been driven much in the past like year of its life. Yeah, yeah, they've So that. just getting them running and getting fluids going through them and getting just in motion in some ways is going to uh, – uh, burn the problems out. And then we'll have other problems. Ideally. Other problems, like, you know, now I have 20 degrees and the suspension goes, I can't handle this. It just fails. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, that continues. The first Quattroporte video is coming your way very soon. It's so that'll this, be on this YouTube week. this week, as a matter of fact. This week. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Yeah, Not only sure, is it Thanksgiving sure. week, but on Thanksgiving Day, you'll be able to watch the, Ma <laughs> the Maserati madness that is Paul's purchase and drive from Vegas. That is going to be our, our Thanksgiving gift to all of you. Show your entire family, because the whole family will be together, ideally, oh. and just show everybody the QP5. Also, by the way, later this week, we're going to have some updates to uh, the store. We've got some new shirts coming. We're going to work. Working on some cool jackets. There's going to be some new uh, Corvette-related stickers, possibly even a phone case. We're adding up stuff because it's Thanksgiving, which means uh, <clears throat> starting on Friday of this week, I will be listening to Christmas music. But it also means <laughs> that you're probably thinking about gifts to get people. You need more disdain and a little bit more oh, man. Anyway. sarcasm, I think, in no, your voice. No, 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 no. I just, it I, needs I, yeah. to be more dripping with Yes. So anyway, but, but, start, but starting now, you're already thinking about what do I get so-and-so for Christmas? And I do want to say, as much as... I love and I use streaming of movies and TV. There is nothing like, here's the movie. I am handing you a thing. Mm -hmm. All mm -hmm. five of our feature films are available on Blu-ray. That includes 50 Years of the 9-11, I Count Out in Threes, and last year's American Original about Corvettes. All three are available on Blu-ray. I will tell you right now, I stand on this completely. The best way to watch them is on Blu-ray. They look far better than any streaming service. It looks phenomenal on Blu-ray. I say get one of those for some family member that you're stuck about that kind of likes cars. Get one of those films. They're available on Couldn't Amazon Store. Yeah. They, are, they are out now. If you order them soon, you will have it well before Christmas too. So that is, great my, idea. that is yeah. my big Christmas plug. Every year we start getting little emails. I've already started. People are like, what are some good Christmas gifts for car people? Our feature films should be the top of the list because Blu-ray, you can hand – it can be a stocking stuffer. You can hand them a thing. Yeah. They might use it as a coaster, yeah, but absolutely. you can still hand them a thing. Well, watch the movie and then use the case as a coaster Perfect. once All you're done. watching the movie. Perfect. Guys, I want to hit the Spain and Portugal adventure for 2020. I want to remind you all about it. This is the Iberian Peninsula mm -hmm. trip yep. that Todd and I are planning. We need – Money soon. We need deposits soon. Yes. If you're thinking about going and you've got your thoughts set ahead on 2020. So my plan for all of you listening is to spend your Christmas bonus that is coming your way, Do it. ideally, Do it. and reserve that and put your money down. So you can go to everydaydriver.com, the Adventures tab right in the middle. We're starting to plan 2020 for meetups, mm -hmm. and we're getting to the pilgrimage trip. But the yep. Iberian trip, that's late April 2020, yep. and it's got all the details, including price. And the reason we need the money early yeah, is because yeah. there's no infrastructure in Spain and Portugal from an RSR yeah. for their cars. The and car so they are transporting right. everything, six transporters mm -hmm. worth of cars from Belgium all the way out yep. to the Iberian Peninsula. So then that means we need you know transport fees already for your car, whatever you're getting. You're, you're booking the car you'll be in in April. And that's why the, the deposit, not, there's a lot of other infrastructure stuff to happen, but the, the deposit that says, hey, I'm going, has to be in by December 15th. That's yes. coming up quick. Yes. You still have the opportunity to go. We've got a few people that have signed up, which is awesome. We're very excited to go. Hi, Ted, because you were the first one in, because of course you were. But <laughs> exactly. we'd love to have people go. Please join us, and you can go get all the info there. We're up for other questions, but there's also FAQs and stuff there, too. For sure. All right. Cybertruck. Oh, we're going to go it there. It dropped. We're going to go there. It dropped. Right after we did our Just last podcast. Just after we finished the last podcast. Yes. 
maybe it's a good thing because mm-hmm. we could have spent the entire last LA Auto Show debrief mm-hmm. podcast talking about this, yeah. this thing, this vehicle. Yeah, truck. Now, the memes have gone around the internet. Hopefully, you formed an opinion by now. I guarantee you formed an opinion about the truck by now. If you're listening to this, you know everything that the smash glass and the response from Tesla and Elon's response and everything about this. And the Toyota F-150. And I actually, in a weird way, I'm kind of glad that we're a few days out from the reveal. Okay. I like that the general opinion has had time to settle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that Tesla has time to respond. I'm not saying okay. all the responses are good, but I just okay. I like that right. all the, the, the volleys have happened back and forth. Because a lot of times what's happened with Tesla vehicles is you and I have watched the reveal and instantly hopped on the podcast. And I like that in the case of this one, which is so polarizing to begin with, it's settled. You and I have talked about it plenty, but it's settled. <laughs> We've listened to the Ranted. volleys go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, answer or no no answer and just see what how it kind of settles. And now we can talk about it from that perspective. We're going to try to not take up a ton of time. And I, and I, try. I, I, I know. But I, I do want to say two caveats really quickly. This isn't on the road yet. Mm-hmm. No one has one and won't for a couple of years. Correct. So let's keep that At in mind. At the earliest. Let's keep that in mind. At the earliest. Yeah. Secondly, um, I am certain that there are those of you that no matter what we say in the next 15, 20 minutes, half hour, you will send us a letter about how we hate Tesla. We have driven all their cars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their cars are phenomenal. They're very, very well done. They're very good, yes. yes then we get into the company, the way they do reveals, their deadlines, what's real and what's fake, the showmanship, and things start to go a little sideways. But fundamentally, they make good cars. Yeah, absolutely. I'm reiterating that. We like how they drive. We like the feeling you get when you're driving. And that's ultimately what we want to come away with is, do you like your car? Do you enjoy your car? And Mm -hmm. Teslas do that for so many people. Yes, they do. And we do know car enthusiasts who own Teslas and they're track junkies and Mm -hmm. they campaign Porsches or Miatas or whatever that is. Or even track their Tesla. Or they track their Tesla too. So I'm glad you made that caveat. You know, I use LinkedIn quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I've used it for most of my career, my professional career. And I have a lot of connections to the design team mm-hmm. of a lot of car companies because I like to see professional postings about projects they've worked on. Or sure, up, sure, and sure, companies yeah. will do upcoming reveals, but it's more about behind the scenes mm-hmm. or you know, specific designers saying, hey, I worked on this. As we've said before, it's hard to hate up close. When you're talking <laughs> to the person who actually designed it and they're proud of their work and they're you – know, Proud of everything, you know, with the team, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Tesla aside, mm-hmm. you know, new designs are coming out from yeah. Mach-E yeah, yeah. to, you know, a lot of Chinese car companies. Yeah. Revealing their new thing. This represents a lot of effort by a lot of people. And yes. so I like to see the perspective. To be honest, I have my own opinion about the truck. But mm-hmm. I like to see the perspective of the design team. And there have been a lot of postings by the VR manager, the, the uh, general, you know, viz person, the okay. All right. PR cool. manager there. Uh, sorry, vis- visualization manager and okay. the design team there. Okay. And there's a lot of pride in this thing. They worked hard. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Now, I, I have my opinion, and I'll just <laughs> state it right now. I don't like it. Okay. However... I'm asking questions now at this point, and is it a general generational thing to like or dislike? I get to see my niece and nephew very soon for Thanksgiving mm. break. I don't know with their schoolwork and their studies in college, I don't know that they've actually really paid attention and know, know what's out there. I want to actually ask them and show them and tell them about it mm-hmm. and then just say, okay, you're Gen Z. What do okay. you think? Okay. What's your initial reaction to this? Because we've talked also a lot about Gen Z not being too into cars in general. Fair, fair. And also we're seeing articles now, thank you, Chance, for sending, about SUVs, you know, a little bit of a backlash against SUVs by yeah. millennials and Gen Z and not to wanting to, to buy them. That's an interesting side note. Okay, yeah, so sure. is it generational only is, or is it stylistic? You know, what is that? I like – I guess I like what uh, the the continuation of how how Tesla approaches reveals because again as we've all stated here we are all talking about it mm-hmm. and there's been zero PR they're the best at that they are the best at that I mean for that they get the highest mm-hmm. of all marks mm-hmm. will Texas and Colorado and all the southern states of the US like the truck remains mm-hmm. to be seen mm-hmm. And then finally, what is the design language of, of Tesla at this point? Because you, you place That's the truck next to the rest of the That's lineup. A great question. 
does anything go? If you took the badges and you didn't know that was a Tesla and you, and you were told this Great. is a new truck from a company. From an electric automaker. Yeah. Whose do you think this belongs to? You're right. It doesn't connect at all. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't see that design language anywhere else. I agree with you. And I've said this before. I actually think that the Model S is a massive victory of design. I know I'm not the design guy, but I think it is a phenomenal-looking full-size sedan that has aged very, very it well. It has aged very well. And I actually think it remains the best-looking thing in their lineup. I think mm-hmm. the Model 3 and the Model Y and, and the Model X, they're all variations of the Model S styling. It's like, take that styling and do it in this shape, and it's never worked as well. Now oh. there is a fundamental break to something that looks totally different. And, of course, you can speak to the styling a million times better than I can, but I actually am going to say this. I don't think it's ugly, I think there are uglier cars being made. Which? The S or the... The Cybertruck. Cybertruck. The Cybertruck. I don't think it's ugly. I think there are uglier cars being made. Okay. However, I think it looks amateur, and I don't think that's acceptable from a company that is supposed to be cutting edge. And I have heard the excuses, and I am putting into excuse category, well, when you use this material, you have to stamp it. It has to be... Excuse, (laughs) excuse, excuse. (laughs) Ultimately, it looks amateur. From a designer that has a history, long before Tesla, of doing great-looking stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From a company whose style is paramount. They are, I know it's cliche, but they are the Apple of cars. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. style is paramount. If Apple released a product that looked amateur, the world would lose its mind. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. It looks like something, this joke's been made, it looks like something a child could draw or somebody built in an 8-bit video game or something he thought, I've heard all of these, yeah. or somebody thought up for the original Blade Runner in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah. That isn't okay. Citroen was trying these shapes long ago mm-hmm. in the 80s. And to your point, will this truck stand the test of time? And we reserve the caveat at this point, Elon could be trolling everybody. This, this is, could be a concept. Mm-hmm. This might not be production. And this is the there's most, things that will still have to change for production that we've noticed. This is by far the most concept car not ready for prime time of anything they've ever shown by a long margin. The Model S was introduced years ago now, mm-hmm. 2012, yeah. 2013. And before that, there was still the concept of that, which yeah. looked like a real car. Yeah. And so that eased everybody into the transition from... Internal combustion engines, yeah, a car yeah. looks like this shape. And then here's an electric car. Well, that still looks like a car. Oh, and it's all electric. You'd be hard-pressed for somebody who's not on cars would be hard-pressed to just tell you that's anything than, the, than a normal car. Then, I'm yeah, saying 2012, sure. yeah, yeah, 2013, yeah. it yeah, came out. Started. Yeah. Really? That that's doesn't have an, a gasoline engine no in it? That's no tailpipe. That's interesting. Because huh, huh? it looks yeah. like a real car. Yeah, for sure. And as we've been moving forward through time and we continue to see designs, especially from a lot of Chinese companies, you know, pushing the boundaries of what electric cars can look like. Yeah, and yeah. I ask, this is for everybody, have car companies all over the world forgotten beauty? Mm. Have we forgotten what beautiful shapes look like? Mm. Now, it is a combination of manufacturing capabilities we have far better manufacturing capabilities and especially industrial additive manufacturing at this point Mm -hmm. in the 60s you were using an english wheel and hand hammering the shapes but they were so beautiful yeah the ferraris and the maseratis even then were so beautiful and british cars just gorgeous but that it had a lot to do with what could actually be built now i will say stainless can be tortured into a lot of shapes Mm -hmm. but it gets more expensive the further you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at your kitchen sink. It's probably stainless, and it's a deep draw punch, essentially sure. die. Well, look at and your fridge. And it stretches yeah. everything. So you can, I mean, the higher-end barbecue grills, that kind of thing, you can torture stainless into a lot of interesting shapes. It gets costly to be able to do mm-hmm. so. So you want to back off and say, all right, we're just doing flat panels, you know, doing a hemmed edge and just barely wrapping around, and maybe it's just got a little gentle curve to it. Okay, so you keep the cost down like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting to use stainless steel. Okay. I don't really see the point of having bulletproof everything because I don't think that's most people's requirements at this point well, when then they I buy don't, a car. When we get into those weeds, I don't know that bulletproof glass is going to be approved safety-wise. Maybe not. Bulletproof glass is heavier, and it's got to roll down on the door. And and it's and you've got to have first responders and these kind of things be able to get through true. it. Yeah, true. 
the the, uh, the safety requirement stuff of the this has not been concerned. Nobody's concerned about that yet. It doesn't have side mirrors. There's questions about where's the third tail light. I mean, all this kind of stuff's been brought up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they haven't worried about this car being anything beyond a concept. But I feel like concepts are always crazy. Like the really early concepts, sure. we don't even normally talk about. Sure. They're always crazy, but generally, most of the time, they're also beautiful. Because somebody's just let off the leash yeah. and do what they are, and and yeah. my own, I actually want to leave the styling and everything, and I, I don't, I'm not going to land this plane yet because I want you to continue. But my main thought on this is, I think this is Elon Musk's ego unchecked. Okay, okay. I, I, it started with the Falcon Wing doors. All right, all right. Those exist because Elon Musk wanted them to exist. Fair and enough. And there, there's been plenty of discussion about the fact that those were fought for by Elon through every step. Everybody saying, we can't, we shouldn't, we ought not to because mm-hmm. all of that was killed and they came out and they have been nothing but problems. Curious to see old Model X's, you know, five, ten years from now, how they're doing. The one we drove, which had only a few thousand miles on it, was rubbing paint off of all of its connection points with a couple thousand miles on the car. Mm-hmm. And it was brand new. Yeah. Uh, and, and Elon Musk has said since then, shouldn't have fought for those doors because they are problematic. Yeah. I mean, hindsight, right? I, I, I maintain – we can leave the styling behind at this point. But I maintain cars as they are now are still one of the the main things which people express wealth or a statement or some sort of mm-hmm. you know personality – thing about you a car is a way of expressing yourself yeah 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 whether you realize that or not it expresses your lifestyle it sure, expresses the sure. things you're into beauty all those things you bought it because you want it in your life because you like how it looks yeah yeah, yeah. and it's a, a piece of metal it's a it's an object we spend so much time with and i come back to beauty and purity and i'm all for tech and pushing designs in the future i, I like that that's mm-hmm. what i went to school mm-hmm. to do yeah 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 but the mustang maki you know, you can it can be argued whether it's beautiful or not. The beaver teeth on everything. Is this beautiful? <laughs> well, it's different. Yeah. And there's so many design language about a lot of car companies that could be considered just different. But if you stand back and you look at it, is it pretty? Is different, it beautiful? Different and eye-catching is not the same as attractive. Yeah. It's not. And so what other... <laughs> What other car companies going to ruin an iconic car? The Z car? Is it going to be a Z car SUV or a Ferrari Testarossa SUV or a Corvette <laughs> SUV coming? How about a Toyota Supra SUV? Let's, let's really just the shotgun all these, yeah. you know, wow. all these iconic cars. I, I'm okay. Tesla's pushing on it. On one regard, I feel sorry for my design friends and the mm-hmm. design team who worked on it because I don't think it looks good. On the other hand, it could be just a massive concept and just he's trolling everybody. But how do you back off that particular styling into something that looks better or is different for production? You're kind of stuck. You back off by continuing to be P.T. Barnum. I've compared Elon Musk to both P.T. Barnum and Howard Hughes, and I'm going to stay with it. I, but I think it's land this app, plane I think further. it's 50-50 in he's, there, too. He's P.T. Barnum because he is fantastic at look at this bright, new, shiny object and don't and please ignore the tire fire. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic at that. And every time questions, problems arise, he introduces a new product or has a new big thing, reveal like this. It's everybody talking about, in this case, the Cybertruck because we're ignoring the fact that it's hard to make money as a car company. We're still a cash fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Cybertruck – this uh, and and all the way through the roadster they have that that fairly connected design language and this is such a random i don't even think it's like a right or left turn it's like a turn vertically or something it's <laughs> no not even connected <laughs> but i want to i want to try the land the elon's ego unchecked thing by using two other examples okay when i worked in the film industry there was a i felt like i learned over time there was a death blow that happened to filmmakers and that is when they were declared a genius enough times they started to believe it. Uh, and once they started to believe it, the movies got worse. For, for directors, you're because, saying? Yes, because the problem is that they started to believe they were geniuses, so they quit taking commentary from others. People mm. weren't allowed to say, that isn't working. I'm going to give you two examples because I think we're at this place with Elon Musk. I think it starts with Falcon Doors, but I think at this point okay. he is full ego unchecked. Okay, And he has so much money – doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He can say he's yeah. saving the planet, but ultimately he's lining his pockets. I hate to say it. Yeah. But yeah. 
Howard Hughes and George Lucas, two very different people, both declared geniuses in their own lifetimes. Okay. Okay. Howard Hughes created a lot of crazy airplane designs and create a bunch of money for himself. Huge military contracts was known to be a genius in his own time. Sure. George sure. Lucas creates Star Wars. And by the way, random side note, I'm going into movies. When George Lucas was shooting the original Star Wars, Steven Spielberg was shooting the original Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay, all right. They were buddies. They visited each other's sets. No kidding. Lucas said to Spielberg, you're making a movie for the ages. Close Encounters is going to be a definitive sci-fi film. This movie's going to live on. And I'm starting to get really worried that I'm making a stupid space movie for kids. (laughs) He was wrong, obviously. But Spielberg's movie does have that reputation. It just didn't become what Star Wars did. Right, It still has that reputation. He was right about Star Wars. What's fascinating is in order to kind of cheer each other up, they traded – I don't know how much. They traded percentage points on each other's movies. Spielberg said, I'll take a a piece of your film. You're kidding me. And Lucas said, I'll take a piece of yours, and we'll see. Without money changing hands then, just whatever the gentleman's agreement or whatever. So they both done fine on both those movies. No kidding. But those movies, those three movies, original Star Wars movies in the 70s, shape movies. Not just sci-fi. They shaped movies as yeah. far as sequels are concerned, franchises. Uh, Even you know. new ideas, new concepts. Absolutely. Because you can always find something in a new Absolutely. space film in He goes either off of and creates Industrial Light and Magic and Lucasfilm and sure. Skywalker Sound. And he becomes the genius, the grandfather of movies. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Fast forward to the 90s. He makes the three new ones, which, of course, are older in the timeline. But the three new ones that came out in the 90s. Okay. And we wind up with Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Even I knew who Jar Jar Binks Even is. you do. I, I know. George Lucas, the genius, wasn't able to be told by anybody, George, this sucks. Hmm. George, this isn't good. And Steven Spielberg was famously quoted as saying that George has done it again because, let's be honest, your buddy hasn't made a movie in 25, 30 years. You're going to encourage him. Sure. But nobody that's working for him is able to stand up to him and be like, this is terrible. He is ego unchecked because he's now a genius, so we can't get in his way, and he gets to say, this is how it's going to be. Well, wasn't that all of his own money, his own funding to create the, the other three? He didn't have studio backing for those other three. Essentially, he? he can do what he wants. He's got an agreement with Fox for release or however that worked. But it wasn't for, nuances, from but, a budgetary standpoint. It was just kind of all on him, which do whatever he wants. You can do whatever. Right? And he's a genius, so we're not going to get in George's way. Nobody's going to say, you can't do that hmm. with any uh, volatility that he'll pay attention to, if you will. So... Now, I'm going to come back to the fact that those revised Star Wars movies in the 90s, they were successful. Yeah, yeah. They made a lot of money. Doesn't take away the fact that Jar Jar and many of the other choices are fundamentally terrible. (laughs) This is ego unchecked. Now to Howard Hughes, very quickly. He creates a lot of aircraft. He creates a lot of military contracts. He creates many things that are cutting edge. And then when the entire industry is going to metal aircraft, he creates the Spruce Goose. One of the largest aircraft ever entirely made out of wood. And they all said, Howard, you've lost your mind. And he said, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yes, technically it flew. Technically. But the genius had come home and he had believed he was a genius and nobody could tell him no. And while it was like the Star Wars films, successful, it doesn't mean it wasn't a bad idea. Elon Musk has been told he's a genius so many times. We now have Elon Musk unchecked. He is Howard Hughes. He is George Lucas making revised Star Wars. He is out somewhere where no one can say this is terrible. Hmm. And I wish someone could put him in check, and I think it's way too late. Hmm. So it's all manifested by all these geniuses in a product, generally. Mm-hmm. It's a film, so that the Cybertruck is a Spruce Goose, or it's a Jar Jar. It's a Spruce Goose. It's whatever it's, it's it is. It's the Jar Jar Spruce Goose. Yes, that's the <laughs> oh, Cybertruck. No. There we go. Perfectly well done. Thanks for wrapping that up for me, because you have you have done very very well. <laughs> Meanwhile, has anybody ever seen the Aston Martin DBX? Aston Martin has introduced an SUV, everyone, mm-hmm. and it's quite elegant. Okay, I would hope so. <laughs> it is. Uh, in comparison, they've made an SUV. Does this? It's. Actually, quite elegant. There's it is. some beautiful surfaces it to it. Do they need Aston one? Martin SUV? Yeah. Well, that's what people Separate are buying right now. Yeah. So everybody feels Ferrari's coming out with an SUV yeah, too. I'm sure it'll be a shape. Does the does the Cybertruck make the Machi attractive? <laughs> the Cybertruck makes everything and everyone attractive. <laughs> you might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. 
That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Welcome to the second half of the podcast. We're actually going to do a car debate for Chris, and it has nothing to do with Teslas. Or the Cybertruck, for that matter. (laughs) That's for sure. I thought about recommending a Cybertruck just for fun, but we're not going to. Chris writes to us. Chris L., he says that he hates us. (laughs) He's not alone. There will be Tesla letters, by the way. There will be plenty of that coming in. He's kidding. He says we are the source of his automotive problems because every car we recommend, he wants. He wants the old 944. He wants the M2. But on the other hand, we're also a great asset to his marriage. <laughs> sure, Wives everywhere, he says. Your podcast about finding what makes the wife excited and happy and transforming it into a car is gold. Mm. We're using, I'm it, thrilled. using it as an explanation is what he's saying. This you is find great. what your wife likes and trying to connect the dots there. I, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm glad it's helpful. That's good. His wife needs pizzazz and luxury and tech, which is why she loves their Cherokee high altitude so much. Oh, that's cool. Good. Which is cool. Now. Chris has been a car enthusiast for a long time. He's had an 07 Eclipse GT for 12 years, tracked it, drag and road course. He modded it. Then he totaled it because a deer hit him. He said, I didn't hit the deer. The deer hit him. Did, did, it, come out of the, did it come out of the brush swinging? Was, was it was It, it might have. It probably was. They Deers do that. are suicidal. They, they do that. They're dumb so, and Every suicidal. now and then they're, they're on their way. Yeah. Yes. All right. So he had the car over 12 years. He said it was kind of over the – he was kind of over the ricer car thing. Mm-hmm. And it was a good GT, but – the reason that they went for CUV or SUV at this point, he got a 2007 Tahoe and then, you know, traded it for a 2015 Grand Cherokee high altitude. Which they now have in love, yeah. So the SUV is for family hauling and to tow the 1987 Suzuki Samurai for off-road adventures. <laughs> okay. All right. Like it. Chris refers to, in his email, he refers to the Suzuki as a family heirloom. Mm-hmm. This is the first time in history that I have ever heard any product from Suzuki being referred to as an heirloom. <laughs> The new heirloom Suzuki. I've never heard of this. <laughs> but, I like it. Okay, good. But listen, his aunt-in-law bought it brand new in 1987. Okay. Drove for years. Gave it to grandpa for the lake house where it was a birdhouse for a few years. <laughs> then the father-in-law rescued it, drove it for a few years. All three of his daughters learned manual and drove it in high school for four years. Wow. Then it sat for a couple more wow. years. And then it thought he was thinking about selling it. And so Chris begged for a dollar amount and he said, Merry Christmas. Here's That's a samurai. Cool. That's cool. I like so it. indeed... A samurai can be an heirloom. He is since he's. It is his off-road toy. It's got a lift, tires, winch, turbo, body armors, on and on and on. He says there's actually the list would be many, many scrolls. So he didn't send send the list, but he said the key thing about the samurai is it's just an off-road toy, and it is in all caps. He's yelling at us. It is not going anywhere. And he says it'll be his son's first car when he's ready. And his son is currently eight. So this <laughs> exactly. car is not I actually think going that, that this, if the son doesn't want to drive the Samurai, the Samurai is still going to stay. And the son might actually get kicked out. I mean, I don't do that, by the way. But I kind of get that sense. The Samurai will stay. Chris is a Marine. And he is in service and moving to Florida in nine months with his family, he said. Maybe less than that at this point. So he's married, as we noted, eight-year-old. And he's got a 70-pound medium-sized dog named Bro. He did that so that he could say sentences. So, I'm not kidding. This is actually in the email. So you can say sentences like, really, bro? You're going to eat my shoes, bro? <laughs> That's why he's called bro. So 70-pound dog named bro. There you go. All right. Chris thinks he wants to start tracking again, but track days are $150 compared to $12, you know, four-wheeling. Yeah. And by the way, his sports car is a 2016 MX-5 Club. Yep. So Pretty cool. Loves this car. Very so cool. So yeah. this was post-Eclipse. 
bought his wife the Jeep Grand Cherokee. But these are their got three the cars. MX-5 Club. We've got the MX-5 Club. Yep. The Jeep Grand Cherokee with with everything on it. The Samurai with nothing on it. These mm-hmm. are the three cars. Mm-hmm. The Samurai's not going anywhere. You see where this is going. <laughs> he says, my Samurai desperately needs a friend. And actually, Chris had written to us about a year or so ago asking if he should get a Rubicon, a Power Wagon, or a Hellcat as his daily. <laughs> okay. And I had written back because we were a little bit behind on our emails at that point. I yeah, said, hey, yeah. are you still in the market? Yeah. Because I, I want to try and time somewhere in a, in a month month and a half swath between the time you guys write into us and by the time we can feature them Hopefully. in the podcast. Hopefully, yeah. So you're still maybe in the buying phase and you're not quite around to it yet. So if it is an emergency and you say, guys, I'm buying this in a week or I, I've got to get a car, please note that in your email. Yeah. And that's just due to the volume of emails that we get. So thank you guys yeah, for writing to for us writing and continue. Way. Keep yeah. them up. And I like that you were persistent, Chris, because here you are now. Your finances had changed then and your need for the fleet had changed. But at this point... You need two cars plus the Samurai, mm-hmm. the heirloom. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Something needs to be able to tow. Something needs to be able to get the groceries because they only go once every two or three weeks, which means it's a big haul. Yes. And yes. then something needs Chris to look back and say, I can't believe I own that car. Love it. Love it. Wow. We want that. Yeah. Because when he's in his dress blues, he needs to roll up in something that isn't just you know an old Impala or something. <laughs> he, he'll work on the Samurai. He's willing to wrench on whatever he gets in the future. Yeah. yeah he yeah. does not give us a budget, but if he's looking at supercharging the Jeep or a Power Wagon or a Rebel, he, said, he says a Gladiator Rubicon, supercharge the Miata, get an Avora, Supra, Hellcat, Cayman, M2 Competition. He does let us know that, look, this is wow. three, still three cars because the Samurai is not going anywhere. Between the Jeep and the Miata, he's paying about $1,000 a month in car payments. So that gives us a frame of reference for stuff that would be similarly priced. We can split that budget up. Off we go. Mm-hmm. All right. Chris, I've got lots of juicy choices for you. Good. good he good. says between the Jeep and the Miata, he's paying about $1,000 flat. So that yep. must be in all the payments. Yep. And it must be a three-car garage total. Manual, if you can. Yes, much preferred. Otherwise, much preferred. better be a good automatic. Now, I know your wife likes the Jeep. But okay. you're um, unimpressed with that Pentastar V6. Okay. So how about you guys go get a Kia Telluride? Hmm. It just won... The SUV of the year, I think it was uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Motor Trend. I forget who that was. Anyway, yeah. it just got some really even, well-deserved honors. Even more accolades, because we've praised it. Many others have yes. praised it. It keeps getting accolades, it, because I, I know crazy thing I'm going to say here. It's not because the manufacturers pay us off. It's because it's genuinely it's good. It's genuinely yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Now, the Telluride would be for your wife and family, the mm-hmm. groceries, the road trips, towing, and the dog. Okay. It has a 5,000-pound towing capacity. Okay. like it. That Samurai probably weighs a third of that. <laughs> it does. It'll snap in the wind behind yeah, the Telluride. Seriously. All right. Now, the upper level of the three, I can't believe I own these cars. Okay. The special looking back after you park and think, what? That's mine? Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. A 2016 Mercedes GTS for $64,000. Seriously? Yep. Ooh, that's a find. How about a 2012 Aston Martin V8 Vantage S Coupe for $57,900? you are doing very well. Or you could even go crazy and go 2016 BMW i8 for $51. Hmm. Now, those are, that's a lot of money for any of, money. of those cars. A lot of money, yeah. But they've come down enough that they're all very special. They're just you know, sort of the mythical, really? That's mine? I have that. Yeah, that's good. I own that's that. good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, compare that to a GT350, a 2017 GT350, for also for 51. Fair point. I mean, don't get me wrong. GT350 is special. But I take your point, yeah. But the, I can't believe I own that. I mean, I still do, though, when I came, I can't believe I own this car. Yeah. However, the step down from that is M2 competition. I like it. Tasty. Even a non-competition, you know, prior gen, essentially. Caymans are special. But if you get the Telluride... Okay. For the still special and affordable, you're All looking right. back and you, you think, "Wow, that's mine!" Is a Jaguar F Type R mm. for forty k? Oh, nice! Or you could find a V6 supercharged with a manual for the same price. As a matter of fact, I found you a 2016 orange and black, the black wheels, twenty eight thousand miles, forty grand, manual transmission. Ooh. 
you roll up in that. It's very nice. It's very nice. There's a red one around Park City. Yeah. Every time Todd and I see this car, we just think, oh, yeah. Wow, that just looks so tight. It's all-wheel drive. He drives it year-round. It's so bright red. Classy. I love seeing that on nasty, snowy day. I want to shake the guy's hand, but it's awful cold out. But, yeah, year-round. It's drives just, it it's looks awesome. great. It does. Every time it just, it's in bright red, just mm-hmm. strikes you. It's fantastic. That is a classy choice. They're not that bad. For forty grand, slightly used Jaguar F-Type. Find the manual, get the R, get the S, whatever you want. F-Type is for you, Chris. You've done well. I like this. Chris, I've got a couple things to unpack with you here, but then I've got a couple recommendations. The big thing I want to come away with is you need an SUV. You have one that your wife loves. Why rock the boat? (laughs) It's not your primary car. She loves the Jeep Grand Cherokee. She loves it. Why not just stay with it? I mean, I it's honestly think that's that's it's a real idea. viable thing. Because, sure. there's, But there's an interesting thing you say here. In the midst of all of this, you talk about taking the samurai out. And I'm not sure if I can find it again in this email. But you made a comment where you said, here it is. You're, you're concerned because you want to keep the Jeep nice. Mm-hmm. And you're concerned if the samurai gets stuck somewhere, you don't want to take the Jeep off to save the samurai. But here's my larger problem. If you're going to get any SUV your wife likes, you're going to feel that way about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can shop for your truck this way. I think you need to have the samurai goes off and gets nuts and it breaks. <laughs> Find a friend, a tow truck, a buddy. For the times you have to actually completely rescue it, like you can't actually drive it out, then handle that problem then versus shop a car that you're worried about not being able to say. That's like the three times most people use a pickup. I wonder if AAA okay. goes out onto fins and things in Moab. <laughs> Hi. They might there. I've paid a lot of money for my membership. Do you guys come? Do you have do you, chopper lift out? Do you anyway, deliver? That do you deliver. That's awesome. <laughs> but here's the thing. I think if you're concerned about taking the nice SUV to save the Samurai, that's going to carry over to whatever SUV you have. Mm-hmm. So if she mm-hmm. likes the Jeep, I really think there's a viable discussion here to just keep it. And if you don't like you don't feel like it's got enough power. You're a modding guy. Then mod it. If you, if, if, but if she likes it, I'm kind of like, do we shop? I do like the Telluride. I think it solves a lot of problems. But I still think it has the same problem, which is if you're worried about taking it to save the Samurai down some nasty road, whatever nice SUV you have, you're going to feel that way. True. So way True. That, that – when I read this, the only reason I really take away that you want to get rid of the Jeep is this salvation uh, element. I don't want to take it out to save the Samurai. Just don't put that pressure on it. Whatever your nice SUV mm-hmm. is, just have it be the nice family car your wife likes. So for the moment, I'm leaving you in the Jeep, even though I do love the Telluride. Okay. I went shopping for genuinely fun sports cars okay. that I think you can afford that you would walk away from, and there's not another one in the parking lot, and okay. you would think, okay. I own that car. I love this thinking. I love I the line too. of thinking. I do, too. It's I just, do, too. I'm shopping yeah. at forty to fifty grand. Okay, all right. Which may be a little high, but I think it's it's a viable range. Well, it's a trade-off between I can't believe it versus, totally, you know, totally. still being affordable. And look, as we've said before, we love the Miata. The MX-5, you can't go wrong. It's, yeah, it's a sure. phenomenal car to drive. For sure. I agree. I think short of the RF, they are normal enough, almost common enough, that it's hard to have it be a car, kind of like the GT350 Mustang. It looks enough like mundane Mustangs that it's harder for people to like, be like, Wow. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they just think it's a Miata, which is phenomenal, but it's a Miata. The RF kind of separates itself from that. And people that are in the know see things like an M2 Competition or a GT350 Mustang, and they know there's something different. But most people, it's just another one of those. And I think that's something you're you're not feeling with the Miata. The Miata is awesome to drive, but not like, whoa, enough. So hmm. I have two. Hmm. Okay. One is the 987. That was your old generation. So yeah. the mid- mid-2000s. Yeah. Boxster Spider. Oh, oh! They are forty-five to fifty. I found them, and you that'll be perfect not. for Florida too. You've got a Miata right now. That's You're true. a convertible guy. You will, you will love that car in Florida. You will not see another one. Ooh! You park that in the parking lot at the base. Nobody else has one, and if they do, <laughs> become friends with that person exactly. because there are not many of those cars. Boxster Spider, that first-gen Boxster Spider is actually phenomenal to drive. Really, really good to drive. Get that in that great six-speed. You'll love that car. And then another one you will not see coming and going that is in the same price point, the Evora S. Yeah, you had the Evora on your list. and It's, it's not quite the 400. It's Get not. Get the Evora S supercharged with the six-speed. It leaves you with a great feeling. That is a fantastic car to drive, and you just simply don't see them. 
Mm-hmm. I actually almost feel like, granted, and I say this because at our local Cars and Coffee, this is true. I feel like I see Elise's more than I see Avora's, which is a tragedy because it's a great car. Park City's littered with Elise's. There's there so, are there so are so four now that come to Cars and Coffee, much to my son's chagrin. <laughs> he was so it. excited when we were the only one, and now it's like the full Skittles lineup is coming to Cars and Coffee. It's great. I'm the only yellow one. I, I, I think if we see another yellow one, it's going to actually physically break my son's heart. Oh, I hope not. But at the same time, we have yellow, red, black, bright blue. Bright blue with stripes. And Vlad, we've got red. Well, yeah. The oh, red, you said bright, red. Red. Okay, yeah, yeah. great, great. Uh, there's also a gray one with maroon stripes. There's an orange one in town. I am the only yellow one, <laughs> but we do have Skittles of Elise's, and I think there's one Evora in Salt Lake. Chris, you've got some shopping to do. Please write us with your car conclusions. That that goes for everybody, all your car conclusions. And keep writing your debates as well. We I know you guys are shopping. It's year end, even the beginning of 2020. Please write to us with your debates and uh, your story along with it. For sure. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com or EverydayDriver. Up top, under the About tab, mm-hmm. there's the contact button. A lot of you do that, so thank you very much. Jump into social media questions. I have to tell you a little story from John G. His okay. handle on Instagram is I'm no Superman. John and his new wife honeymooned at Griot's Garage in Tacoma, Washington. Yes, That's they did. right. Yes. Part they of their trip was to Seattle and they rented, they turrowed a Porsche 911 and they went straight to Griot's Garage to the headquarters and we were able to get them a little bit behind the scenes because you heard Nick on when we were on we with did the live, yeah. Nick and Richard from the live yeah, podcast yeah. with Griot's. John said in the questions, "Hey, I'm going to be coming there on my honeymoon." And Nick said, we'll get you a tour. If friend. you come on your honeymoon, you get a tour. That was and the they did. Thank you to the cool. whole family yeah, yeah. at Griot's for getting John and his wife behind the scenes. A little bit of a tour. And uh, John, I'm glad you went. But his question is, how do you deal with automotive ADD? Because, you know, after touring the 911, of course, he's got the goal of owning a Porsche as his next car. Mm-hmm. The disease is strong. I agree. And he says it's hard not to get distracted by all these other cars especially his job taking pictures for dealerships and for their inventory. So does he embrace the disease, caution the wind, and chase the what-ifs? Okay. Or does he hold out, stick to the plan, and continue saving for the Porsche? <laughs> you had the word saving, and you wrote into this podcast. <laughs> that's, a, that's a disconnect. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Oh, man. John, we've always said since the beginning of time, you don't have to dislike a car to get rid of it. True, true. You don't have to dislike your goal yes. to get rid of it either. yes. You can always get a car and then get something else too. And I, I the fingers are pointed at me just as much as everybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long does the Lotus stick around? That's I hear the you. question. I hear you. These are the questions. So you're absolutely right. I I do say continue saving because you know with the goal on the Porsches because as your savings increases, then the the model you're able to afford might change. Interesting Even point. You yeah, want yeah. the nine eleven. Yeah, yeah you might go a different route. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I still have never owned a 911 in my life. Yeah. And I've yeah. had front-engine Porsche. I have the mid-engine, and I'm still <laughs> so how you've huge avoided on Caymans. the one. It's very really, funny. Really? I'm still big on Caymans just yeah. because their dynamics they're are just so brilliant. Phenomenal. They're so good. So I say continue on your track until there is some compelling car. But what if some compelling car comes out? It's a Corvette or a Super or whatever yeah. that is. Yeah, yeah. And you get the 911, and then you've got it for a couple of years, and then you're now those are used, and you can move on. You could always get a 911 as the point. You will always be able to get one. They're going to keep making them. I no think matter so. what happens, Porsche will so. make a 911 with the engine in the wrong place. I put, I'm putting my foot down. It's going to keep happening. No. Yeah. It's going to continue to be at the wrong no. place, too. Anyway, keep going. Special, unique, brilliant yeah. car. Also wrong. <laughs> so, John, I say keep on the track because... What car will knock the 911 off in your shopping to to make you really switch? Because and let's say it does, and you're still fondly looking back over your shoulder at, but I still want a 911. Fine. Get the 911. Get it Fine. out of your system. Yeah. And you might say, "Yep, that's the right choice," or you might have it for a year or two and say, "You know what? I'd, I'd like a different something. Let's let's do something else." That's okay too. So. You have my permission for either, but I say keep on the track because I know you want that car. It pushed you over the edge even more, turrowing one. And we'll see. Just keep saving. We're, I can't believe you recommended he save because I would just say buy a fun car now, get a 911 later, but everybody's different. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Stein <laughs> wrote in on Facebook, and I love that you brought this up. And I, I want to 
attack it from a couple of different angles. He brought up a Jalopnik article from our friend of the show, Eric Schilling, on there. We've seen him at a few uh, reveals. So, Eric, if you're listening, hey, man, how are you? Eric wrote a really good article about uh, Ford and GM's decision to abandon small cars is already costing them. The quote he has in the article is that, according to analysts, 42% of Chevy Cruze and Ford Focus owners are staying in the passenger car segment, which means they're jumping brands. Hmm. Meanwhile, at the L.A. Auto Show this past week, the CEO of Volkswagen was quoted as saying he expects the tide to turn, that he thinks there's going to be a refusal to get an SUV in the same way we've talked about it before, in the same way we've talked about happening to station wagons and then minivans, where the next generation coming up is going to look at those and go, ooh, that's what parents drive, and they're going to want a small car. And Volkswagen is counting on it. In spite of the fact they're making SUVs, they are counting on their small car lineup to stay because they think the turn is coming. I think it's coming too. But we'll see where it goes. Because what, And you've asked, do I think Ford or GM, do we think Ford and GM is going to change their, their mind? When the money changes, they will change. Hmm. While they continue to print money on SUVs, hmm. they're going to keep putting all the tooling and design into SUVs. And when the conversation in mass turns, and those are no longer cool, they will keep the icons. The Explorer will stay, will stay, the Tahoe will stay, and all the other ones that have popped up in the last 10 or 15 years, those will die. And they'll go back to some old, oh, look, Ford has re-released the Fiesta. <laughs> It can't come fast enough, by the way. The current uh, European Fiesta ST is on our list for trying to do a uh, – I'm having new ideas. I haven't even shared with this, you, Paul, this with you, Paul. I have new ideas for how to do a Forbidden Fruit episode and include that car. Oh, so good. I want to talk about that because I want to get that car on camera. Does this mean travel? Of course it does. Okay, good. But, yeah, you know, because all we have is money, especially with these big sedans uh, burning a hole right. in our wallets. Anyway, right. but I, I actually awesome. think this is very interesting because we're hearing from sources on the automotive world now of, huh, gravy train can't last forever. Flying Bavarian on Instagram says, what is the perfect companion car to the Cybertruck? <laughs> uh, well, anything out of the original Blade Runner, which is what, 30 years old now? 40? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I agree. He suggests the Alfa Romeo SZ, the Sprint Zagato, because they'd probably share the same build quality. Well, you know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> I will say... I'm thinking about Buckminster Fuller and his geodesic dome. And like you do. He designed a car. Okay. It looks nothing like what his geodesic dome, which the domes look like the Cybertruck, but yeah. the Dymaxion car that Buckminster Fuller invented I'm sorry, is the you? perfect companion. Spell that. It's D-Y-M-A-X-I-O-N. Okay, I'm literally looking up as Okay. And look this up. Buckmaster Fuller, inventor. Wow, there it is. It's the There's opposite. Mm -hmm. it's, it looks like a belly tank racer. It does. But because it was designed from the man, Buckmaster Fuller, okay. and his obsession with polygon-shaped things, okay. it's the antithesis of that. It is. It is the... It and is. it's <laughs> as weird as the Cybertruck. If somebody made a road-going blimp, there it we looks go. like that. That it is, is the exact is counterpart to Cybertruck. Counterpart. Then you park something actually genuinely fun and well-designed in the middle, like a Miata RF in the middle, just to cleanse the palate, and you've got these two crazy things. Can we get like a Michael Bay explosion of the other two as you drive away in the fun Probably. sports car? Probably. Boom, Boom and it happen. punches through the yeah. flame wall, and then... <laughs> if it's Michael Bay, it's going to have to have a, flame, itself. a flame wall, for sure. Come yeah. on. Keith said to me, hey, did I watch The Art of Racing in the Rain? Is it worth watching or just stick with the book? Uh, Keith, have you read the book? The book is better. I mean, this is not a surprise. Book versions of movies generally are better. Uh, there are a few changes in The Art of Racing in the Rain that make uh, that I think the book did better. But I understand, the filmmaker in me understands why they changed it. For those of you that have seen the film and read the book, there is a, there's a lawsuit that happens in the course of the film. I won't tell you how and why. The lawsuit is clearly something that was kind of tacked on to the story to add drama in the actual book. And it kind of works in the book. And it kind of works a little less in the movie. But uh, I understand why they made the changes they made. I really like it. It's great to see it. It hits all the buttons for me as a movie. Animals, old animals, animals that love their owners, kids, cars, racing. I could go on, okay? <laughs> it hits all the buttons. Uh, so it is very fun to watch. But the interesting thing is I watched it within a couple of weeks of Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. The Art of Racing in the Rain 
is a, I'm going to put it this way. It is a good movie adaptation of a better book. Okay, sure. Ford versus Ferrari is a car movie. And I don't think that our racing in the rain really is. It's yeah. a movie that has cars in it and racing stuff in it, but I wouldn't call it a car movie. Well, even the trailer didn't suggest that to true, me. True, true, true. Whereas Ford versus Ferrari, car movie. Exactly. All right. Seth K says, why do we think Audi gets passed over so often when discussing luxury brands? Just thinking about this, when we were talking about the shift between BMW and Mercedes, do we think Audi is an underdog or just not as good as Mercedes? And where do we think Audi stands amongst the German car brands? I think they're continually pushing themselves as different, as an alternative, mm-hmm. yeah. not a not as good here and not as good here because of the engine placement, a lot of their cars, they've had different handling characteristics than the BMW and the Mercedes. Understeer. (laughs) However, every new Audi Todd and I have gotten in has been a reawakening. I think for you and I going, Mm. wow, they're coming to play in a different way. And they're, they're sort of defining themselves in in a, a, even a different category, I think. And it's not necessarily just high end luxury. It's not necessarily just the ultimate driving machine kind of headspace. It's a bit of both. It kind of goes back and forth depending on the model. But I'm I'm continually impressed with everything we get into now. The new Mm, Audis, mm. a lot of tech. It's very much distinguishing themselves in the tech arena. Very very well. I mean, they're they're kind of shooting way out front. To be honest, even though the other two cars, the other two brands are are great. Don't get me wrong. But as far as tech, they're way out there. And then the way they drive and the speed they carry, you can tell they're designed for the roads around Engelstadt. You can tell. You feel it. I've always felt like. Audi, and again, they are the pinnacle brand in the Volkswagen group. They are the, you know, the, you step up through Volkswagen into Audi, okay? Mm-hmm. They, they remain like Volkswagens do. And I say that to say they are excellent in every category, but rarely a personality standout. And I think Mercedes and BMW have kind of weird personality traits, and they trade punches to which one's more interesting, whereas Audi just kind of continues as very solid, a good alternative, well-designed, they drive well, nice interiors. There's not really a strike against them, but they never really stand up and cheer either because they're just a little staid, which the Volkswagen Group generally is. Mm -hmm. So you can't Mm -hmm. take anything Mm -hmm. away from them that they're just not the party animal, whereas I do think that Mercedes and BMW, they fight over who's going to get that while also making luxury cars. Yeah, I can see that. Interesting. All right. Uh, on Twitter, did you see the guitar piper says, is it all possible that the piano black is just gloss black painted ordinary body panels? Well, we discussed like this it. and this, this came up because we noticed on the new Land Rover Defender that the exterior was u- using piano black on the hood and the entire roof in some cases on the shocking. new Defender. Just shocking. The reason it's so shocking is because it scratches so easily. It, it has been used up to this point as an interior material. Mm-hmm. And he says the real problem with piano black interior bits is they're a certain type of plastic. Yes, they are nylon, essentially. They're polyamide 6.6, long thread, fiber-reinforced thermoplastic <laughs> Of composite. course you knew that. Of course you did, yeah. So it's thermoplastic. So mm-hmm. yes, it's molded, but that means that surface of the mold is highly polished to give it a smooth surface. Mm-hmm. But that smooth mm-hmm. surface scratches almost instantaneously despite what BASF and despite what companies are working with their own their own mm, car mm. companies to develop scratch resistant thermoplastics. Yeah. That's tough and used on the outside of a car, not to mention the defender, which is entirely positioned as off road. Yeah. So this is why it's so confusing to us. And and we put our hands on these pieces. These are these are plastic pieces. We're not metal pieces. They're they're not painted indeed. They're not painted. It was fascinating. They are indeed the molded yeah. molded piece. And you, you can tell in the design, you, you know, you can see, well, that's mold piece on top of the roof. What? Don't get it. Uh, yeah. MC Randall seven said on Instagram, what American muscle car would you restore or rest a mod if money were no object? Hmm. So hmm. just grab an American muscle car okay. and resto mod to the greatest version you can imagine. Okay. Okay. The first one I think of is a second gen Corvette. And I wouldn't even get a split window. I would get the hardtop, second-gen Corvette, and all the running gear is modern. That is nice. I can I see that. I would really, yeah. really love one. We've seen a bunch at SEMA, actually, that just yeah. Yeah. really great, great executions. Great. Yeah. like that. All right, so we've got to end on some philosophy here from Shane, Uh-oh, who says, my anonymous friend wants to know what the proper <laughs> response is to his wife coming home with a warning notice from a police officer who pulled her over doing 20 over in a 25 
When only the day before, she said to her husband, I don't want you driving my car. You always drive like you're on a racetrack. (laughs) And side note, Hmm. laughing hysterically can be scratched off the list of proper responses. It's a no-go zone. (laughs) So, Do you have an answer for this? I'm very curious how you're going to tackle this. I was thinking um, it's less about discussion and more about uh, a gift in the form of a radar detector. Hmm. Honey, may I give you one of these? Just, you know, this might be helpful, you know, because it's not a a get-out-of-jail-free card. (laughs) And it's not designed to just, hey, go speed because you've got one of these things. It's foolproof. It's neither of the above. It just gives you a bit of a warning. Just a a few seconds warning. Shane, can your uh, friend and his wife... Yeah, hello, wife. Uh, can 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 you two agree to laugh about this and enjoy the irony of it, so that you gives you gives you just the tiniest bit of a free pass? That's what I'm hoping. Maybe it's I'm just, hoping that there's yeah, some just, latitude. There's just it's one of those it's one of those things that parents do with kids in the kitchen, where you're having a conversation at a level that they're just not tracking with. It's that kind of parental moment where you just uh, yes. kind of agree without a whole lot of words about. All right, I get it. I get it. That just happened. I just said that to you. Now I got this warning. It's all we all drive the same. Okay. I mean, on fine. the other hand, what's wrong with speed? I, there isn't technically anything wrong with in it. In a 25, control, there's a lot wrong with 25 it. 25 is probably a school zone. That's it's my a school concern. zone or it's a neighborhood, yeah. and it's probably my neighborhood and everybody in my neighborhood. <laughs> I try to do 25. I really do. It's tough. I it's get very hard. It. Yes. I've, I've been in your neighborhood and been like 25. Wow, I've been 25 already. <laughs> get out and paddle. Yeah, seriously. What the heck? No, I just, I hope that the two of you can just have kind of a private parental laugh about it. And, uh, but Shane, do you want to drive her car? I mean, you you're talking to car, his anonymous friend. Oh, yes. Right? Does your friend have an anonymous car? Anonymous fun, fun? <laughs> yeah, I think you do. What car does he drive? What does your friend drive? How about like, because he can drive that fast. Gift certificate to dinner or something. I, I don't know. We'll see. Guys, thanks a million for your questions as always. Really appreciate it. Send us your car debates and go to everydaydriver.com to check out the Iberian Peninsula trip that is Spain and Portugal. We'd love to have you. You're cordially invited. Deposits need to be in very soon. And also Christmas gifts are available. And Christmas gifts, yeah, for sure. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>